You are tuned to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today I'm in conversation with Jason Bauman, New York Public Library Coordinator of Humanities and LGBTQ Collections. Jason's book is in honor of the 50th anniversary of the historic Stonewall Uprising, a new anthology celebrating the past, present, and future of LGBTQ activism. June 28, 1969. A seemingly routine raid on a popular gay bar in Greenwich Village ends in a riot that will fuel the gay liberation movement and eventually be considered one of the most significant moments in queer history. The events that took place almost 50 years ago at Stonewall have become a legend in gay culture. Rioters are referred to as Stonewall vets. Hundreds of contrasting perspectives have been published, and even the Stonewall site has become a national monument, the first to recognize LGBTQ rights. Now to commemorate the 50th anniversary of this historic uprising, readers can turn to the Stonewall Reader, published by Penguin Classics Original, and on sale April 30, 2019, a comprehensive anthology from the New York Public Library. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Jason Bauman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So your book is in honor of the 50th anniversary of the historic Stonewall Uprising, and it's celebrating the past, the present, and the future of LGBTQ activism. Tell me, give me a glimpse about how this book came about. So um, New York Public Library has one of the great collections of LGBTQ history in the United States, and having the archives of many uh, pivotal organizations like Manicheen Society and uh, Gay Activist Alliance, and also many individual activists like uh, Kay tobin Lahusen and Barbara Giddings and others. And so for the 50th anniversary, we wanted to invite the public to be able to access these archives in a deeper way and read all of these stories. Um, so we produced the anthology and also exhibit um, that's on view at the library until July 14th. What was it like pulling all these stories together? It must have been really exciting, actually. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, library, we have this uh, uh, very large periodicals collection. That's the LGBT periodicals collection, so about 3,000 titles um, from the 1950s to around 1990 or so mm -hmm. um, from all across the country, and also um, several oral history archives. So uh, Eric Marcus, who's an important uh, LGBT historian who did this book, uh, Making Gay History, and we have all of his um, audio archive of all the interviews that he did um, as support for that book. And then also we have an archive that's the New York City Trans Oral History Project, mm -hmm. um, where we're actively going out and interviewing transgender people here in New York about their stories. So I got to really go through all of these different archives and try and find uh, the most uh, compelling and insightful passages uh, to be able to share with the public. And for people that don't know, um, the, pr the occurrence of Stonewall wasn't just like the first, you know, um, movement. There were other things that came along before. Yeah, and that's one of the big misconceptions is people want to think that Stonewall was the beginning of this movement. And so from the 1950s on, um, and that's part of what I try to put into the book, and it's the first sort of third of the book is before Stonewall, and you have emergence of a 
uh, gay and lesbian and transgender uh, political organizations, um, Managing Society, which starts in the 1950s, also the Daughters of Belitis, um, which started with lesbian organization that starts in the 50s, and then in the 60s you have uh, organizations like uh, Reed Erickson, Erickson Educational Foundation, Labyrinth Foundation, um, also uh, Virginia Prince, uh, who is a pioneering transgender activist. So you have this political movement that's emerging, but it's very small groups of people all over the United States. Um, it may be uh, 400 people in the United States who are doing this kind of work. Um, and you also have a number of these smaller riots um, in San Francisco and Los Angeles, um, in Philadelphia um, that lead up to Stonewall. And I think it, with Stonewall, you have... Um, a whole new generation of people mm -hmm. get involved in this activism. Many of them young people on, living on the streets. Some of them are actually homeless because they uh, have been rejected by their families yes. um, and are really living on the margins of society. And they encounter this uh, gay and lesbian transgender activism. And it's like a, a fire uh, catches fire in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it really becomes this mass movement that includes thousands of people. I want to share something with you. I grew up in Manhattan and in the early moved there in the early 1970s and my mother was a um psychologist. She did a variety of things and she started working with transgender people and uh -huh. they became our friends. They uh, one in particular was like family. And so I grew up being very open and understanding of these people were shunned by their family and their friends and the sadness they experienced. Yeah, and that you can get that sense in all of these narratives in the book, particularly these early stories. Um, one of them, uh, it, it's Mario Martino, who's started this labyrinth counseling service and yes. was a trans, uh, uh, female to male transsexual in the 1960s and also been a nurse. Um, and so has so much trouble both with, uh, his transition just, uh, physically and medically, but also in trying to obtain his identification as a man and the birth certificate and things, and has really given the runaround legally and just his whole ordeal. And so I think that was also this feeling of uh, compassion for others that came out of these activists of knowing what they suffered and trying to create a network uh, for others who are having the same experience. Sure. Um, do you want to, I was going to ask you if you wanted to highlight um, a few of the people uh, from your book. Yeah, um, it it has a huge range, yes. um, and some of the people are uh, famous literary figures. So this John Ritchie, mm -hmm. um, who I think was really one of the most famous gay writers in the United States uh, in the 1960s. And I particularly loved having Retchie in here because he's actually at the New York Public Library. He's sort of uh, cruising um, and actually working as a hustler in the 1960s, but also coming to the New York Public Library and reading on his off hours. Yeah. Um, also, people, famous kind of drag personalities like Holly Woodlawn uh, and uh, Jane County, um, who are real pioneering uh, trans uh, performers, but also uh, political figures like Frank Kameny, who ran uh, Managing Society of Washington, D.C., and was really first uh, gay person to run for Congress in the early 1970s. Um, so you have this kind of range of artists, cultural figures, and uh, LGBT activists telling their personal stories of this time period. And I really like, Jason, how you broke it down into before Stonewall, during Stonewall, and after. 
Yeah, and so part of it was the before to really get a sense. There was already this movement and also how it felt to be uh, gay, lesbian, or transgender in the United States in the 1960s. And then the during is all people's personal accounts, uh, both in interviews, original news accounts, and people's memoirs of what it was like to be part of the riots and how it impacted on their lives. Mm -hmm. And the last section after Stonewall, which is uh, memoirs, but also political manifestos, so you can get a sense of this new political and cultural spirit that happened after Stonewall. Yes. I liked um, this one, Reverend Troy D. Perry, and his was, The Lord is my shepherd, and he knows I'm gay. Yeah, and he's an amazing figure in there and was out there in Los Angeles as a very, very key person, um, actually, Troy Perry. So he starts Metropolitan Community Church in the late in late 1960s, even actually before Stonewall, very pioneering, yes. and was very key in the demonstrations in Los Angeles. Amazing. Tell me about uh, Jean Cordova. She's amazing. She was um, in uh, Daughters of Belitis in California, and this was also part of the effort of the book. It focuses on New York, but you really have to show that it's a national story, and Los Angeles was incredibly important. Um, And so Heftus is involved in, at the same time, you had the uh, gay pride marches the year after Stonewall to commemorate Stonewall riots. Um, Jean was uh, pulled into uh, assisting with sister sister marches that took place in Los Angeles. Um, And also started this magazine, The Lesbian Tide, which was uh, like the first national news magazine for lesbians in the 1970s. Incredibly influential. Yeah. Yeah. And was very pioneering in fighting uh, sodomy laws in in California, as was Troy Perry. They were both part of that movement in uh, early 70s in California. I really thought it was wonderful that you touched on a whole variety of people, especially, you know, obviously people of color, because there's so many different activists. Uh, Sylvia Rivera, uh, there's a Japanese-American activist. I'm probably not going to say this right. Kiyoshi Kiyoshi Kurumiya, Mm -hmm. who's amazing, who was an amazing activist and also... was grew up in a Japanese internment camp during World War II, and then later became part of the Machine Society and Gay Liberation Front in Philadelphia. Um, I, that's the one piece in the book that isn't from our archives, and it's actually from uh, the William Way Center, which is a has a gay and lesbian archive that's in Philadelphia. And so um, I just thought he was so important and so uh, little known that I really wanted to make sure to include him into the book. I feel like you've really opened up people's eyes to what it was like before, during, and after. Um, what is what is the uh, feedback you've gotten so far on the book? I think it's been very, very positive. Um, a lot of people in the community have here in New York have loved the book. Um, it, Mark Siegel, who's actually who's in the book um, and is quoted on the back, uh, is really overjoyed. Um, and I think part of it is people want to be remembered, and that's part of having these autobiographical narratives. Other people like uh, Joel Hall, who wrote, the, wrote this piece, Growing Up Black and Gay, and mm-hmm. was part of this movement, Third World Gay Revolution, which was in the 1970s very specifically for uh, gay and lesbian people of color. And I think he was just amazed that somebody had remembered him and had found his piece. He didn't even actually have a copy. Oh. <laughs> he asked me, he approved it, and he said, oh, my God, could you have a copy of that? Could you please send it to me? That's so so people, I think were, the people were thrilled to be remembered and to be part of the book. So because I mentioned I grew up in New York, what is it like to work where you are? 
Oh, at New York Public Library? Yes. It's such a tremendous privilege. I yeah. mean, it's such a beautiful, beautiful building. Um, and the collections, it's really one of the deepest collections in not just for gay and lesbian transgender history, but of his, history and literature and the arts in the country. It's probably there's Library of Congress, there's Harvard, and there's New York Public Library in terms of literature and history and humanities. Um, so it's been a tremendous privilege. I've been here about 18 years. Oh, wow. And every day I'm fi- I find something that I didn't know we had uh, that amazes me. I feel like, you know, what you do and also, you know, just working in a library as well, it just lifts you up because without books, I mean, I I feel like it's such an important thing to be reading and learning and growing at any age. Yeah, it's, it's been the best decision I made in my life was becoming a librarian. Um, And it's been a great privilege to work at New York Public Library. And also for public libraries, which is a little different because you have these archives and then we're making them available to the general public, not just to the specialist, but really anybody who comes through the door. Yes. So uh, any last bit of info you'd like to leave the listeners with about your book? Um, I think the book really gives you a firsthand uh, account and really it's about how did it feel to be part of this movement? How did it feel to be there in the 19th 50s and 60s to be gay or transgender, and really about how these very devoted people changed our world. Um, I think the the hardest thing today is in our sort of internet age is people sort of liking things online or forwarding a petition. And yeah. I think when you read the book, you really realize our society changed because people got personally involved in politics, yes. and very passionately involved in politics, and they changed the society. And they were brave. And they they yes. stood up for who they are in the face of, you know, negativity and adversity. And without that, we wouldn't be to where we are. No. And it's what we really need today is people to be personally involved, involved in politics and to be utopian. You yes. know, they really didn't settle for what they thought they could get. They really uh, fought for what they thought was right and to make the world a better place for everyone. Beautiful. So where can people find out more about the book? So uh, you can find it wherever books are sold, uh, if you Google the Stonewall Reader, and also on the library's website, it's nypl.org slash stonewall50. And so there's information about uh, the book. There's also a catalog for the exhibition, um, Love and Resistance. And so in the show... Uh, is up on view of artifacts and photographs of the 1960s and 70s, and it's on view here in uh, New York Public Library until the July 13th. Fantastic. Well, if I get to the city, I'm going to come say hi and go check it out. Please do. Thank you. All right. It's been great having you on. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. Have a great day. Congratulations on your book. Thanks. That was Jason Bauman calling in to talk about his book in honor of the 50th anniversary of the historic Stonewall Uprising, a new anthology celebrating the past, present, and future of LGBTQ activism. It's called The Stonewall Reader, and it's edited by the New York Public Library and edited with an introduction by Jason Bauman and forward by Edmund White. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.